Hi, it's me, John Park. Welcome to John Park's Workshop. Uh, there we go. We're doing it. And uh, I welcome you. Thanks for coming. Hello, uh, C. Grover over in the chat. And uh, hey there, FX Music. How's it going? Andy Calloway. We've got people in Discord chat. If you're wondering who am I talking to, if you're uh, tuning in on Twitch or YouTube or Facebook or uh, now on LinkedIn Live, we're, we're, uh, we're there too. Uh, but a lot of the chat is going on right here in, check it out, Discord. So you can uh, head over to the Adafruit Discord server. I think you can do adafruit.it slash discord to find out more. Um, but sometimes we're wrong about that, so Google it if that's not true. And, uh, oh yeah, someone noticed I've got my, um, my piece of AstroTurf back here on the workbench. I'm very excited about this AstroTurf. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm going to show things off on that. I'm going to take pictures of stuff on there. A little hard to get that thing to focus. Uh, so, we've got lots of cool stuff to go over today. So, how about that? Uh, hey, we're going to go up 3 dB on the voice. How about, let's see if I can just crank it up right there. That, yeah, that's only just barely peaking, I think. For some reason, the level looks good on my mixer, but not great on my broadcast software. So let's see now. How's that? Maybe that's better. Uh, thank you, by the way, C. Grover, who is quick on the uh, VU meter there and can tell me my levels over in Discord. So what have we got? What have we got today? Well, let me tell you. First of all, let's start off with a little uh, notice about help wanted. So we have a jobs board. And that's it right there. So if you go to jobs.adafruit.com, you can find out more about open positions that might be of interest to you. Or if you have a job you're hiring for, you can post there for free. It's free to post. It's free to um, contact someone to apply for a job, free to post your resume. And it looks like we got a new one on here. It's the summer camp Arduino slash PyTop instructor at Digital Media Academy Core in Los Gatos, California. Uh, and then there's a web developer gig in New York. Someone's looking, oh, we looked at this one before, the Spuel, looking for, uh, in Brooklyn, looking for an ESP32 developer. Uh, so let's see, what else? Um, let's not forget about our coupon code of the day. So you'll notice, uh, keeping with our Trash Panda theme, we've got a new Trash Panda game uh, that we're going to talk about today, the sequel. But uh, as a, uh, as a result, during one of the live streams uh, last night, Ask an Engineer, I believe it was, uh, this name came up, also Seagrover. Seagrover suggested Garbage Day as our title for the sequel to Trash Panda, Trash Panda 2. So Garbage Day will get you 10% off in the store. So head over to Adafruit and uh, look at all the good stuff. And when you're ready to buy some actual stuff, no digital things, no uh, software or gift certificates or subscriptions, but physical bits, if you're gonna buy some stuff, then you can use this coupon code, garbage day, and that's gonna get you 10% off. And you know what? That leads me to my uh, pick of the week, which is this guy right here, the Ardu Boy. And look, I got one right there on my, on my little uh, grass mat. So Arduboy, in fact, I'm going to go over there and, and talk about this. The Arduboy, uh, we've got games on the brain here, mobile gaming on the brain. As you know, our Pi Gamer is, uh, has just started to come out, and we've got the Pi Badge as well. 
we've been doing a lot with make code. Uh, but Arduboy is a really slick, little, and I mean super little, Arduino-based game development platform and handheld. And it's super adorable. Look, start to play, says this little happy star. Uh, so there is the Arduboy. It's uh, running a um, 328, is that it? Uh, I think it's the Atmega 328 uh, processor. You code it in Arduino, and um, you can flip it on when you get it and play a game immediately. There was one loaded on here. It's going to flicker a little on my overhead. Uh, that is a Defender-like game using a, uh, a mermaid. It's called Siren, and it's really nicely done. Look at... Uh, Look at this right here. I won't try to get closer because I think I'll go out of focus, but it's got a little, little speaker in there. You can hear the little bleep blup. And uh, this is a really nice Team Arg game. Team Arg uh, have developed a lot of really slick games for this. Um, and you can develop too. You get a couple of libraries on your Arduino installation, and then you can just upload games, or you can... Um, oh, I'm going to die here. Or you can... I can't talk and play at the same time. Or you can develop your own, and there's a lot of great tutorials about developing for Arduboy. Um, plus, one of the cool things about Arduboy is that we have now ported Arduboy as well as Gamebuino over to uh, the PyGamer and I think the PyBadge as well using the Arcada. Uh, library so you can play these games not only on an Arduboy but also on other hardware you might have. So anyway, this thing is so cool. I think you've probably seen before. I've done some projects where I mounted. Uh, it's pretty hackable. I opened it up and soldered some wires onto the board and there were very clearly marked solder points so that I could add a giant joystick to it. Um, so that's the Arduboy. That is my product pick of the week. Um, and why don't you go get yourself one? You can get 10% off. Don't forget that, right? That'll get you a, a little uh, savings on that. Uh, and actually, before I move on to the next segment, one other thing I wanted to... Oh, yeah, boy, that's not, not super in focus. Let me try to focus that just a little bit for you. Pardon the moving. That's uh, a little better. I don't trust the autofocus given that background. Uh, it might flip out. But another little thing I wanted to show off here. This uh, came up, I think, in the CircuitPython newsletter. Let me move the little Arduboy off to the side. Um, also comes with a cute little cable, a little uh, micro USB cable for charging it. It's got a little LiPo on there and for uploading. So it's a data cable as well. Um, but a, uh, this is a bonus one. These are these great little headers. We have a little set of um, multicolor female headers, and there are also male headers that you can use for whatever your needs are. I took a couple of the white ones and added them to a Feather. Uh, this is a M4 Express, and I thought it was kind of cool to color code them. And uh, in the CircuitPython newsletter, uh, PT showed off a uh, version of this MIDI uh, in and MIDI out board, a little Feather uh, wing that I've just soldered onto a Feather Proto. Uh, it's got the um, optical isolation uh, up to MIDI spec. And uh, I've started using that with some uh, code from Kevin J. Walters, as well as uh, Tan Newt and C. Grover. There's a bunch of work that's been done on CircuitPython MIDI. Uh, so using that and helping uh, 
make suggestions as we develop that. I'm able to uh, use this as a MIDI sniffer right now as well as just outputting MIDI. So uh, that I just wanted to show off because I think these color-coded headers are super, super cool. And look, they look very lovely against my little grass backdrop that I'm so happy about here today. Uh, so that is my little bonus secondary product of the week is the little feather headers. And you can find those uh, on the Adafruit store as well. Uh, FX Music, thank you for, uh, for appreciating my Dopfer Klangforschung shirt that I've got on today. Um, Dopfer is, is the man, Dieter? Dietrich, Dietrich Dopfer is the man responsible for Eurorack modular format. Uh, okay, so you know what that's going to bring us to is this guy right here. Alright, so uh, that's a lot of me. Let me pop up this so we can talk about our uh, make code minute. And I'm also going to bring up this down shooter and put a Pygamer into view. I've got many things going on here. Uh, so for the make code minute, what I want to talk about is using make code arcade and the controller extension so that you can read the light sensor that's built right onto the Pi Gamer. So the way I'm going to do this is inside of Make Code Arcade, I'm going to head to Extensions. And there's this controller extension. And it has more to it than you might think. So when I add this extension, it will uh, populate some new things into the controller category that's already there. And so now when I open it up, not only do I get my normal button move and move sprite with buttons and, and press button A and all that, but uh, when I head down, we get extras. And the extras that I'm going to care about here right now are, you can use this on light bright, but uh, I'm going to actually go straight for this one, light level, because I want to use varying numbers. So what I'm going to do is bring in this light level. And I've already prepared these blocks. This is on the uh, game update. Every time it updates, it's going to set the position on the y-axis of my sprite, which is this little green bar with a red stripe at the top. Uh, and it's going to map the light level uh, from a range that I kind of played with to get numbers I liked, 80 to 255 from low to high. And it's going to map those to 120, which is the bottom of the screen, to 0, which is the top of the screen. So if you look at my screen here, you can see that as I tip it forward, I'm getting more light. You can even see it shining off the screen there, and it's changing the Y position of that object. Or if I grab a little flashlight, you can see there that I can move that just by getting that photo cell to, uh, to register. The resistance lowers as the, as the brightness increases. And all the hard work is done for you right inside of Make Code. So that is a way inside of Make Code Arcade to utilize the light sensor on the Pi Gamer to adjust the position of a sprite or do other kinds of cool gameplay. And that is our Make Code Minute. All right, well, I'll tell you what, the, um, the Make Code Arcade is nonstop today. We've got lots of it. So uh, we're going to move right on to this next little bit. And this is actually uh, kind of a new feature that I'm calling the Make Code Arcade Game of the Week. And uh, so what's the deal with this? What's the deal with the Game of the Week? Well, 
I'm about to tell you. If we take a look at uh, the Make Code Arcade homepage, what you'll see, load that up there, is this is the page that normally loads. Uh, you get this cool graphic that it gets you excited about checking out Make Code Arcade, uh, your own projects that you've saved in the new project button, as well as some tutorials, some pre-made games done with blocks, pre-made games done with JavaScript. And then we get this section uh, called the Community Games. And this is, uh, this is a, an element on the page that uh, the Make Code team calls the carousels. So if we look at this Community Games section, you can try out games that have been submitted by users on the Make Code forum. So if I click on this Duck Splat game, which is my game of the week, uh, it will take me to this page on the Make Code forum. So if you're interested, go to forum, that's singular, forum, one forum, forum.makecode.com, and you can register there. It's a discourse uh, type of community not Discord, Discourse. And uh, this will take me to the entry by uh, Dean Faisal is the user. I hope I'm getting your name right. And he submitted this game and said, hey, here's this cool game I made, and I'd love it to go into your community game list. And it got then selected by the Make Code team and placed into that front page. I saw it there. I checked it out. I thought it was really cool. And so I've picked it as my game of the week. Um, so let's have a look at the game itself. When you go to that forum post, you can then uh, drag the PNG file, that image file that the game is uh, connected to. Oh, there, I've died already. Um, and you can drag that into a make code session and play immediately. You can also check out the code. So I'll show you the gameplay first. Let's, uh, in fact, uh, yeah, you know what? Do you want to see that? Let's see that on, uh, on the overhead instead. How about, let me load up. I have a specially prepared Whoops. I've just echoed myself. There we go. Uh, so here is the game. And you can see what you're doing is you're moving your little duck and avoiding getting splatted by these uh, plungers that come down on you. And it's super hard. Uh, Dean says that his high score is 42. I think my high score is like 16. So clearly, I need to play a lot more. Um, and what I thought not only was this really cool creative gameplay, and it's using mostly elements that ship with make code. Oh, there we go. What's my score there? Uh, 13. <laughs> um, so he created a really cool uh, game element, which is the acceleration of the plungers increases over time. So they, they get faster and faster. It gets harder and harder. And so I thought it'd be cool to take a look at how he's doing that. Uh, if we head over to this uh, Forever loop. So this is kind of the main gameplay. There's setup stuff, and then this is the main gameplay. Uh, he's iterating through this list of the enemies. So he has this enemy list, which is um, each of those plungers. Each of them is a sprite, a really, really tall sprite that just goes up off the screen and then comes down. And uh, as he is dropping the plungers down, he's checking the maximum acceleration variable that he's created. Uh, and he's, I think, adding, yeah, he's adding that to the time start, uh, the time since start, and dividing that number by 100. So there's a game counter called time since start in milliseconds that's running from the time the game starts. Uh, and so he's setting that uh, acceleration value to be whatever it previously was, which was max acceleration, uh, 
plus this new value divided by 100. Uh, and so at the end of this loop, he's actually got a bit of JavaScript there. You'll see it's not done in blocks. Uh, I'm not sure why, because I think you can do that in I think you can do that in math blocks. So I'll, I'll take a look at that myself later. But really cool to be able to look at someone else's code and see how they're making something. Not only is it a lot of fun, but you can also learn about uh, how the game is played. So uh, I'll give it another shot here. Um, let's restart the game there. And oh gosh, I'm dead already. All right, that wasn't fair. Here we go. Uh, Got to find one that's moving slowly. And he's also devious because the amount that you move is uh, not in increments. It's, it's uh, fluid, so it's really easy to just get nicked by one of those plungers on the way down and murder the poor duck. Um, so that is my Make Code Arcade game of the week, and it is called Duck Splat, and I encourage you to check it out. All right. Uh, you like my pixely graphic? I'm, I'm very into the magenta and cyan lately. I don't know what's wrong with yellow. I don't have it in there, but I'm really digging the, yellow, the magenta and the cyan. Uh, so let's see. How are we doing? How are we doing over in the chat? Uh, yeah, Andy Calloway mentions the color coding for the headers. Uh, it would be cool looking if the headers were complementary colors. Yeah, I have some of the male headers, so I could definitely put color matched headers onto like a, a feather wing that's plugging into something. That's a pretty cool uh, idea, Andy. Thank you for that. Um, Yanni, hey, welcome. Yanni Turnin says quack quack and quack. Thank you for that. Uh, you were spared most of the loud noises in that game. I think there's also a camera shake that, that happens when the plungers hit that got um, lost in translation. Because when I opened that game, it actually launched into JavaScript. And then when I went over to blocks, for some reason, it lost uh, the way that those values were entered. It disappeared from the camera shake block. So um, that's a, a thing to watch for if you move back and forth between the JavaScript and the blocks mode of the game, sometimes it will yell at you and say, I can't do this, I can't make this change, I don't know what block to build for you, but sometimes it will allow you to switch over and on rare, rare occasions something will get dropped or, or changed, so you gotta kinda keep your eye on things when you, when you make that shift. Uh, but all in all, it works really well. Okay, so now let's talk about the, uh, the game of the week. So I, I, showed, um, I showed you a little teaser for that yesterday, if you tuned in for the show and tell. Uh, and I think on Ask an Engineer, uh, Lady Ada and Mr. Lady Ada might have shown Trash Panda 2. So let's jump back over here to our Make Code Arcade. And I have yet another tab. So in this tab, I've got, let's see if this will start up with our little banner. So I've got Trash Panda 2 Garbage Day. And uh, credit goes to C. Grover, who, who threw that name uh, into the mix uh, yesterday during the show and tell, I think it was. We got a bunch of uh, good entries from people. Uh, thank you so much uh, to the Discord gang for throwing out some good ideas for the, the name. So Garbage Day, uh, got my little dumpster logo, which was created by Bruce Yan, and then I, I down-resed it into our 160 by 120 uh, pixels. And if we hit... Uh, play on this. Let's see. Right now, okay. So this is interesting. Right now, I can't do anything because it's waiting for the light sensor. So remember I showed the light sensor a second ago. So let's um, open up my overhead view again and let's show this version of it. 
People wonder why sometimes I have so many of the current uh, hot product, and that is because of this. I'm doing a lot of testing and, and have a bazillion of them. I'm very fortunate in that sense. Uh, so here's the game, and what I'm going to do is we'll launch it. We get our little splash screen there. And then when it launches, it is daytime. And this was actually an idea, I think Lady Ada had this, of it would be cool if you can only play this game in the dark or at night. So uh, I can't quite enforce that because people are welcome to cover up the light sensor. But as you saw before, the light sensor will adjust the... Um, Will, will be read by that block that I had, the light block. I'm actually using the light and dark one in this case, just as an absolute switch. And so now it's considering it dark enough and, and I need to lift it out of the camera view to make it bright or hit it with my flashlight again. Um, so right now, the game doesn't respond at all. Nothing has any meaning until you get into the dark. And so the way I'm doing that is a simple uh, switch of the background image. So I set one background image initially as the splash screen. Uh, and let's show that in code. Jump back into here. So this is, I'll zoom in here. And by the way, you can hold down uh, Command or Control and use your mouse wheel to zoom in and make code arcade. Let me move that out of the way. Uh, so this is my initial splash screen. Uh, and then I have a little debugger. We'll look at that in a second. Right now the debugger is turned off. Um, and then with the control extension that I showed, instead of using the A and B button, and I have those still in there for testing, uh, I'm using these on light and on, on dark, or on dark and on bright uh, light blocks. And so first I'm checking is my debugger involved. Right now it's not. Uh, so then I'll go ahead and set the background image when it's light. We get this bright daytime scene. You can see the trash cans are out uh, and recycling and uh, uh, cuttings pick up, and then when we uh, use the light sensor to determine that it's dark, then we switch the background to this nighttime scene. Now, I'm using this uh, variable that I created called night mode to determine when some other things uh, happen in the gameplay, but you'll see one of the big differences when it's daytime, I actually have my sprites there for the raccoon and the cat, which are the two characters that we're going to try to uh, view with our flashlight, but they're just set to blank. And then when it's nighttime, the raccoons are set to a little set of yellow eyes. The cats are set to yellow eyes with a little red in them. And then my flashlight is this sort of circle with some uh, holes punched out of it so we can still see behind it since there isn't a notion of an alpha channel or a transparency, a semi-transparency. Uh, and so I start a 30-second countdown timer. So essentially the game resets when we go into the dark uh, and it turns off... Uh, gameplay mode when we go into the light. So it's kind of like a start-stop for the game. Uh, so let's jump back over and look at uh, in the down shooter. So here we go. We get our splash screen. I think I have that staying for five seconds before it accepts uh, other input. And now we'll go into night mode. And so you should be able to see there's a little set of eyes over on the right. Uh, those are the cat eyes. They have a little red in them. And there's a little set of eyes here that are yellow. So if I hover over my raccoon, he pops up, and then it resets the location. Uh, the cat and the raccoon will pop up in different places. Let's see if I hit a cat. That's what the little cat looks like. So um, let's take a look at how I'm doing that inside of MakeCode. In uh, 
the overlap blocks, which we've used before, let's look at uh, overlap here. So this one is on sprite of kind player overlaps other sprite of kind friend. And so when I create the raccoon initially, I set it to a sprite type that I used called friend. That's one of the default ones. You can also uh, rename those or, or add your own. Um, but I'm considering the raccoons to be friends. So if I'm in night mode, then everything else happens. Remember, when I'm not in night mode, I don't want any collisions to occur. So I change the uh, other sprite, in this case, the friend type, to this raccoon image from having just been the yellow eyes. So I flip that um, uh, sprite graphic. And then my sprite is the kind player, which is actually what this flashlight is. And I just turn that off because I just want to be able to see the, the raccoon nicely. So we'll pretend we've just like flicked off our flashlight when we see our friend. Uh, and then I wait a second so we can look at our, our uh, raccoon sprite on screen. Uh, then I get rid of it. I know destroy is a harsh word, but we destroy the sprite with um, the hearts effect. So at least it's happy uh, for 200 milliseconds. And then we add 250 to the score. Uh, turn the flashlight back on, but I'm going to move it up and to the, to the top. So the 79 is halfway. Um, is that halfway? Yeah, halfway across the screen because it's 160. Yeah, so 80. But it starts at 0. Uh, so halfway across the screen horizontally and up at the top uh, on Y at 0. Uh, and then I get rid of the cat sprite because the cat was sitting somewhere and I just want to create a new set of those. And so the last thing that happens is that I'm going to call this function called reset characters. And that's what places them into their initial positions again. So what I want to do is actually show you um, if I go into debug mode. So I'm going to, let's see, should I show that? Yeah, let me show that on the overhead as well. So here, uh, I can do a full screen of it. That's even better. So here, this is, this is the game in debug mode. You'll see these tiles show up. Uh, these colored tiles, and that's from my tile map. So what I did is I placed, I think, nine of these, uh, or eight of these, I guess, eight of these, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of these on screen, each of a different color. And those are the positions that I can randomly place my uh, cat and raccoon eyes or full characters onto. Uh, so when I reveal one, you'll see that now they have shown up Oop, I, I ran out of time. I don't have this. Uh, I don't have debug mode turning off the timer. Sorry about that. Um, so I'll speak a little quicker. So now if I pick one again, you'll see they're going to flip positions to new tiles. Both of them do. Uh, and there's an offset right now that's actually a, a due to my uh, sprites being odd dimensions. Uh, so you can see they, they pick a random tile to land on. And so I want to show how I'm doing that because um, this is kind of cool. So let's hop back over here into Make Code Arcade. And my, yeah, hello. Uh, so my reset characters block is what gets called either at the beginning of the game or each time we, we reveal a character. So that runs a raccoon setup and a cat setup, which you can uh, imagine is similar to the way we've set up character sprites in the past. Um, then what I'm doing is I'm setting the cat tile to pick a random number from 2 to 9. Uh, so this is a variable, and it's picking a number from 2 to 9. That's because I'm using the index, the color index of our palette. And I'm starting with the, I think, white uh, or yellow, which is, uh, let's see, do we have one we can pull up? 
here's a palette. Yeah, so this is 0, 1, 2. So red is the first one I'm using. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. So those are the eight colors that I'm using in my um, tile map. What does the tile map look like? It looks like that, right? So we saw those colors showing up over the background before. Those are the positions that I've decided we can spawn our character and our enemy. Uh, and then we place the cat on a random number that we generated there, this cat tile value, which let's say it shows up as uh, seven. So now it's gonna place the cat on top of a random tile from that tile list, which is this array right here. So that's two through nine, those are the eight tiles. Uh, so we get an, uh, a random number of uh, value that we can place our tile onto. Then we're going to go ahead and place the uh, raccoon. And I think this is working well, but I want to verify this with uh, someone on the uh, MakeCode team. There may be a much better way to do this, but essentially I didn't want the raccoon to land on the same random number because it can happen uh, as the cat. So what I do is I, I pick a random number, but then I compare that random number to the cat's random number. So the raccoon tile, if it's the same as the cat tile, this is a while loop that's going to keep changing that random pick until it's a different number. And I think that's working, but um, I'm not 100% sure. So don't quote me on that one. Or if someone can think of a better way to do that, let me know. Um, so then I do, presuming that's all working, and I get a, a number that I like, then I place the raccoon on top of, again, a random tile at the tile list location. Uh, and then this determines what they look like. If we're in night mode, because the... Uh, light sensor is detecting dark, then the images look like these eyes. And if we're in daylight mode, then we're not going to see anything uh, even though they're there. And so this seemed like an easier way for me to create this rather than through the daylight to the night running through the whole creation again. Um, so let's see, any other things we're doing in here that are tricky. I've got this on countdown end, so this is a nice convenient tile we can go, uh, or block, we can go into uh, info, and here's the scoring blocks. Let me zoom out of here a little bit. Does this, uh, let me zoom out like that. So we've got our scoring blocks, our life blocks. I've set mine to three at the beginning, and each time we hit one of the cats instead of the raccoons, we lose a life. Uh, and then we've got a countdown timer, so you can just Plug this in, put in a different number. I set it to 30 seconds. Uh, and then you can have events stop the countdown, and you can also have an event occur when the countdown ends. So all I'm doing is using this game over block, which comes from here, game over. And I say you win. When that time runs out, you win no matter what. And your score is based on how many raccoons you've uncovered. Uh, and let's see, so our overlap of the enemy is very similar to the overlap of the friend, the raccoon. Um, just changing out which sprites we're calling, uh, which sprite we're getting rid of, and rather than adding to the score, we're changing the life by one, so we lose one life. Otherwise, that's identical. Uh, and then lastly, I've, I mentioned last week debug mode, so it's helpful for me to uh, while I'm working on this, for example, you can't currently use the um, light sensor 
in the simulator inside of Make Code Arcade. Now, I know in Circuit Playground Express, if you use Make Code for Circuit Playground Express, there is a little simulator for the light uh, as well as for tilt. Um, so maybe that'll get added. But right now, I can't test the light sensor while I'm just using the simulator here in the browser. Um, you can see right now I'm in my kind of regular game mode. And it's just going to sit here looking at me like, I don't know what you want me to do. I, I have no way of, of uh, getting out of, there's no light sensor. So that's what this debug mode does. When I set this to debug, I then pay attention to the A and B button instead of, or yeah, I think instead of the light sensor. Uh, I also turned on the tile maps so you can see them there. That make it easier for me to um, test out that random uh, placement, if that was working. Um, and so let me hit stop on that. So you can see here, the way I'm doing that is I've created a variable called setDebug, and I gave it a Boolean of true or false. So that's by grabbing one of these right here, true. Uh, and that makes it really quick and easy, because then I can set either a if debug or if not debug do something. So for example, this is what creates my tiles, uh, but has them essentially invisible. And the way I do that is I give them a pixel sprite map that's just entirely transparent. Uh, so I don't run through this little loop here when I'm in debug mode. So it's just not going to, it says if it's not debug, then we do it. If it is debug, then we don't do it, if that makes sense. Um, and you can see I mentioned the buttons. They will only work if I'm in debug mode. So I have this if debug then. And so some of this stuff might not be obvious how you use it, but if I grab an if block here. Let's just pull that out of there for a second so it stays nice and lit. If I grab it, if true, you're used to going into logic and saying, maybe I'll compare some things. If a value is equal to something else, then we run this statement. Uh, but you can, even though the shape wouldn't lead you to believe this, you can just simply drop in a variable. So I can just drop in the debug variable into this, and that'll, that'll run just fine. Uh, and when I want it to be the opposite of that, I can grab this not block. And so not debug would do a different thing. Uh, so I hope that makes sense and makes it a little easier for you to create your games. Uh, so I've got some more uh, gameplay ideas that I got from people. I'm not sure if this is the final gameplay, but I thought it showed some interesting concepts. Um, it could morph into a shaking the trash cans game or throwing garbage into the trash cans for them to collect or stopping them from throwing garbage out. Uh, we'll see. Um, and Let's see, we also got some questions both in Discord as well as, well, that's so many of me. There we go. Uh, as well as on YouTube, uh, someone asked, Romain Villeneuve, hi, can we use another software for code with Pygamer or PyBadge? Um, so right now, the ways that I know of to code the Pygamer or the PyBadge are with uh, MakeCode Arcade, with Arduino, and with CircuitPython. And I don't know of any other um, online or non-online, like he's asking, uh, Romain asks, can you use Scratch or a software without the online? Um, I think there may be a way to use the MakeCode Arcade when you're in offline mode, but I haven't done it myself. So you may want to check, uh, ask that question on forum.makecode.com and see if there's a, a way to use MakeCode Arcade when you're not online. Um, so let me know if anyone knows in the chat of other ways to, uh, to code for that in an offline mode. 
because that's a, an excellent question. Um, let's see, what else? Why is make code in blocks and JavaScript and not Python asks FX Music? Uh, that is a really excellent question. And I would say that right now those are the only options, but I would not rule out uh, some version of a Python-like thing appearing in the future. Um, but that's all I can say. Currently, it's JavaScript and blocks. Uh, Matt Bodger says, I don't think children should be subjected to JavaScript. <laughs> yes, well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll cross our fingers and see what happens if, if, uh, if something else comes along. That would be great. Um, all right, well, I think that's it. We're, uh, we're running out of time here. We're over time. So I will throw this back up and remind you that if you want to get 10% off in the store, head to adafruit.com and use this coupon, Garbage Day, to go collect your 10% off. Uh, and so with that, I will uh, sign out. And thank you so much for coming to the show today. And uh, I will see you all next week. Bye-bye.